welcome to Welcome to Primetime, a show covering the Freddy Krueger-hosted anthology series Freddy's Nightmares, one episode at a time. I'm Brennan Klein. Every episode is brought to you by listeners who donated to The Okra Project. Donations are now closed. Thank you so much to everybody who contributed. This week's patron is Julian Barr for the second time. Thank you for your second donation. And once again, returning guest, champion from Kill by Kill, it's Gina Radcliffe. Welcome back. Hello. Oh, Gina. I know how badly you've wanted to talk about this episode. <laughs> Champing at the bit. <laughs> it's dying. Season... <laughs> season two, episode 14, Easy Come, Easy Go. It originally aired on January 14th, 1990. Here's what you could have watched instead in theaters that weekend. Leatherface, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Mm, all things considered. <laughs> yeah, which decision would have been better? <laughs> Yeah, honestly, that that that's tough. I mean, I, I at least with the uh, you know Freddy's nightmares, I wouldn't have had to leave my house because you know January it's cold. It's still cold. Yeah, we still uh-huh. had actual weather back then. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, and also, Texas Chainsaw Three. I think the only things of value in that movie are in the unrated version, which you would not have seen going to see it in theaters. No, no. So honestly. I think we're good. I think we're good <laughs> with the Freddy's Nightmares on this one. Uh, the writer was David Braff, who wrote a bunch of these. And the director was William Malone, who, you know, he did the House on and Hill remake and Fear.com and those those kinds of things. The, only for... the best. Chams all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so some people like uh, House on and Hill remake. I'm not numbered among them, but, you know. Um the cast here, this is actually a sequel to the episode Lucky Stiff. Um, so it's most of the same cast as that one. But plus, as the character of Sonny, Wings Hauser of Wings Hauser. <laughs> With an eye patch. Ooh. <laughs> oh, Gina. <laughs> Wings Hauser with an eye patch in this episode. <laughs> well, this is this is some of that good... Yeah, this late is got 80s some, shit. This has got some uh, some interesting character actors in it. Um, Tracy Walter, who mm-hmm. uh, you you know most people recognize, but he's just kind of this weird little dude. Um, Jonathan Demme put him in a bunch of his movies. He was in uh, uh he was in um, uh, Silence of the Lambs. He was the the, the funeral home director. Oh, uh, he was in okay. he was in Philadelphia. He uh, I mean they're mostly small parts, but he's pretty memorable in them because he's just such an odd little presence <laughs> he was in uh repo man uh like it's a very big character actor in the 80s and um mary crosby who who thinks she's in a episode of dynasty oh she is acting the shit out of this yeah episode. mary crosby to you know the really old folks listening such as myself she is who shot jr on dallas Yes, um, I, I did, for, for, uh, to defend my, my honor, I did mention that last episode when we talked about her. Um, but yeah, that, that is, you know, that's, that's historic. It is, yeah. And she is, I mean, she's playing the role, like, the way it was meant to be played, just not in this type of show, though. Like, she, she's carrying on like she's, like, Alexis Carrington. And it's just the whole, the tone is so weird, with this kind of show, it's, a, it's, it's no, through no fault of her own. It's just very bizarre. Well, I think she probably looked at the script and she was like, well, I assume it's going to be horror. But then she read it and she was like, oh, that can't be what they're going for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's definitely like leaning hard into the camp aspect of it. 
And yeah, and, and these two episodes are very campy. Like for those who didn't listen to the Lucky Stiff episode, here's like a very basic rundown. So Mary Crosby is a woman. She's married to um, the guy who played Squiggy. Um, and his character is named Lenny in the show. <laughs> um, but he wins the lottery and she and her lover conspire to murder him. But then she also murders the lover and a funeral caretaker played by the character actor that uh, Gina was talking about, like blackmails her into marrying him. So he won't reveal her, her murderous secret. So we open in on, you know, him carrying her over the threshold. Um, she's like, it, that's a dream like because he's all he's having like a horny sex dream for her um but then that is a dream right sorry i i i have since since i took my notes for this episode i finally developed a system in my notes to tell me when people wake up from dreams which is just happening constantly in this oh show. yeah yeah the show yeah i i assume that the the, the constant dream sequences are are you know part, are part and parcel with the show they are but it makes my notes so hard to understand <laughs> Because I'm just like, what the hell actually happened in that, like, the through line of this episode? <laughs> um, but anyway, so basically, she despises him, finds him disgusting, has not consummated their marriage. She's like, never come into my room. Um, and he's like, why do you treat me like manure? And I'm like, you did blackmail her into marrying you. And she's like, you never wash. Your teeth are rotting. <laughs> it's, he's a gross, he's a gross guy. Um... And he keeps saying, like, I don't want your money. I love you. And this is, as you mentioned in the previous episode, the, the beautiful exposition, the, the pure economy of the screenwriting in this show. Um, this is a line that he says. Um, I loved you ever since I first laid eyes on you, sneaking across that graveyard that night you killed your first husband. Oh, yeah. yeah like I said, the exposition in, in, the, in this series is just amazing. It's so natural. It just flows like water. <laughs> yeah, Frank Lloyd Wright is shook. <laughs> <laughs> um, and another great exchange. Um, I want to be the father of your children. You make me sick. <laughs> um, Freddie shows up in his liminal space. He's like, she's one cold dish, a real man hater. I got a way to turn up her body. And then he like lights one of his fingers on fire. And I don't, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, he's sort of doing this like Mad Lib sort of like you know insert noun here, put verb there, and and I don't understand half the shit he's saying. Yeah, threatening adjective. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So basically, they they find out that there is the frozen corpse of her dead lover in the freezer in the basement downstairs, standing up as as you'd normally store a corpse. Yeah, and the the what's the oh yeah Eugene um. The caretaker yes. won't bury the body until she sleeps with him. And I'm figuring, you know what? Maybe you should just do it yourself if that's the case. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, get, a get, a, get a wheelbarrow, you know, just roll them out there and do it yourself. Instead of leaving the guy hanging like a side of beef in your, in your basement. Yeah, I don't even think, I think he's literally just standing on his feet. Like, not even hanging. <laughs> yeah, he's just like frozen, like, like. Yeah, it, I would just, you know, this is this is your advisory from the Frozen Corpse Council. Um, store them horizontally, please. Yes. You stack them up like cordwood. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then she says, I'd rather be staked to an anthill than sleep with you. 
Which I thought that's how she was going to end. Yeah, I was going to say that. That seems like that should be a callback later, but it isn't. It's like like nope. it's like uh, like the jawbreaker in the last episode. You know this 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 show loves to leave breadcrumbs. They aren't clues leading to anywhere. They're just breadcrumbs left behind. Just baffling lines of dialogue. <laughs> yep. Uh, speaking of baffling things, uh, her her lover Hank, his twin brother Wes Roscoe shows up. His twin brother, who was identical in all ways, wink wink, nudge nudge. Mm-hmm. Except for his mustache and mullet combo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. I... Yeah, I assume that this is the same. In fact, the same actor who played her lover in the in the first one. How could you tell, Gina? Are you psychic? <laughs> yes, it is. Um, and first of all, I would like to say to the show, how dare you name a character <laughs> Wes on this show? <laughs> that is spitting in the face of Mister Craven. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I love like, that they lock eyes, and he's just, she's just a mm, mustache. <laughs> yeah. She's immediately horny, makes him unzip her dress, and she's like, it's like a nightmare living in this house with that little gnome. And she she reveals that she's wearing very elaborate lingerie. I love I love lingerie with a, with a little strap. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it a is... casual thing she threw on. Oh, yeah. Um, she's like, you feel so, so strong and hard. And she, she tries to sex him into murder, basically. <laughs> she's like, now that we've fucked, kill my husband, please. <laughs> and he was like, killing is not the answer. They hang you for that. And I was like, look, I don't know what the Ohio death penalty is like, but I'm pretty sure we don't do that anymore. <laughs> Hanging specifically, at least. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say they don't they they haven't hung anybody in a long time. Um, but yeah, so then we cut to Eugene. He's like getting all pretty for for his wife, which is nice. Um, he's kind of slicking back his hair, and he I don't know took a shower or something. He got his teeth fixed, which is which is a weirdly which is a weirdly like you know, ten Eugene's not a bad guy in this. Well, not you know, I mean, he kind of is, but not as bad as every other character in it. Yeah, he is blackmailing a woman into being married to him, but the woman is yeah, a murderer and terrible. But he's also trying to be nice to her, too. That is true. He's doing his best. Yeah, I mean, and he, like, you know, the, the, the moment where he gets his teeth fixed, it's almost kind of poignant. Like, she, <laughs> she, like, like she's like, aww, he did that for me? I did not change my mind about murdering him. Just slightly. Um, yeah, so, so they, they put poison in his champagne, and... So yeah, he gets his teeth fixed. She is charmed, but they're still kind of going through with it. But it ends up not happening. Oh, oh, very a uh, gift of the magi. He he hawked his shotgun in order to pay for the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know that's how that's how you know it's true love. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but basically, uh, Wes has a dream about trying to murder him, but he's not able to, and he has a pickaxe directly in the top of his brain. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't know that was a dream, and I thought that like, <laughs> I thought it was trying to suggest that when Eugene get his teeth fixed, he got some sort of like ceramic skull or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's I like, mean, oh wait, now he's like, he got his teeth fixed, now he's invincible. Okay. <laughs> look, we know the medical establishment in this in Spring would love to throw on a little extra. So. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe it's some sort of like Swedish dental work that like you know also installs you know, a plate in your skull. 
Yeah, they're like, well, we can't just take out the teeth. We actually have to take out the full skull with the teeth in it and put in a new one. <laughs> now it's titanium. You can't you can't go through a metal detector anymore, but your head is is indestructible. <laughs> well, thank goodness, right? Um, and yeah, so Wes does decide to murder Eugene now. Um, he's like, I'd do anything for you. Next time you see me, you're going to be an unmarried woman. And good good for him. Um, he does discover his brother's body in the basement. Um, he turns on her extremely fast, which, you know, as you would. Um, and then he's like, you killed my brother. And starts to strangle her. Eugene hits him with a shovel. Um, there is a, a, play, a Playboy magazine, but it's called Play Dead. That's fun. That's in the background. <laughs> Um, and she finally, now that he's murdered a man, they're, now they're on e- even ground, actually. <laughs> and she's like, no one's ever loved me just for me. Um, they kiss. They're under a sheet post having sex. And she's like, Eugene, that was incredible. I never thought it was possible to experience so much pleasure in so many ways. And you'll note that Eugene is still fully dressed in, like, Long John-style underwear. <laughs> oh, yeah. I... The, this show, I guess maybe it depends on the director or, you know, how the network was feeling, but they either go, like, full, like, as close to NC-17 as they can possibly get while also airing on Fox, or two people are fucking in, like, full business attire. <laughs> um yeah, so so he's like, we did it. We we had sex. Congrats to us. He pours a champagne and he goes to drink it. And she's like, no. Um, but he dies anyway. There is wacky tuba music, and he grabs his neck and sticks his tongue out. Oh, I love oh, I love no. the falling I love the falling down like the Looney Tunes like with <laughs> the tongue sticking out. Surprising how little X's over his eyes. <laughs> it's 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 a mood, honestly. <laughs> That's the audience at the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, um, yeah. Cut to Freddy. He he has like champagne in a bucket, and he's like, "Lifestyles of the dead and infamous: champagne wishes and cadaver dreams." That's, that's all right. That, that one's that one's all right. That one's yeah, not, okay. not bad. An, an, an effort was made. It's still very free association. Like I wish he would just say something, but he always has to say twelve things. <laughs> Like, he always just keeps going. Like, brevity is the soul of wit, sir. And you are, you need as much wit as you can muster. But yeah, so in the second half of the episode, now we have three bodies somehow standing upright in this freezer. Um, the one in the back, which is um, Hank, is super freezer burned at this point, which is hilarious. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like when you like you clean out your freezer and you forgot there was like a package of ground beef you bought on sale. And you bring it out, it's like gray. Yeah. Um, she she breaks up the wall, cask of Amontillado style. Um, she does have a dream that an arm bursts through, but that's fine. Um, she decides she's moving to Rio. You know what? Fine. You know what? There's nothing left for you here. You've murdered anyone who lives in Springwood. <laughs> she is. A death count comparable to Freddy at this point in the town. She's at least, like, second place. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Freddy's back. He's like, Greta, some kind of dame. Killed so many guys, I'm getting kind of jealous. But I've got one thing she don't have. My good looks. 
And again, I I mean, I guess if this show has to be horny, might as well be horny toward Freddy. Why the fuck not? You know? <laughs> sure, of course. Let's do it. At least it's not him skeeving on us, the audience, this time. Because <laughs> that is not my favorite thing. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, her her flight gets delayed to tomorrow, and guess what? Her sister Peggy shows up with her new husband, Wings Hauser, in an eye patch. <laughs> Wings Hauser looks like a Bond villain. <laughs> he does. It's so good. His jacket is cut like 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 his body is just like a bunch of hams stacked together. Like like, and he's got the turtleneck. You expect to like pull out like leather gloves and like slowly, meaningfully pull them on before he kills someone. Yeah. It. It's, it's such a glorious thing. It's like, you know, it's it's like witnessing a solar eclipse. His body is <laughs> passing in front of Freddy's nightmares, <laughs> and you can't look at it for too long. But it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> um. So yes, he is Greta's former lover. Um. He ran into her sister two weeks ago, and they're married. He's an attorney now. Yeah, um, he and he, uh, the brother named Sonny, is that his name? Yes, it is. Sonny and, uh, and Peggy are the type of really irritating couple that can't stop talking about how much they're in love with each other. And, like, they just stop what they're doing and start making out. I mean, it would be funny, except that they both look like they're about 40. So it, it's really weird and uncomfortable. <laughs> um, and then um, Peggy says to her sister, All right, take off all your clothes. Get ready for 30 minutes of earthly delight. And I'm like, are they going to have a threesome? And she's like, I took a massage class. <laughs> it's just like, I know your sister is in your clothes. Or actually, they're not. They barely talked. So this is not the kind of thing you want to say. No. Um, they, she has a flashback to when she was dating Sonny. A, a, um, dis- a disco flashback where, where for some reason they're like in like a 50s style convertible. But mm-hmm. she's got like this like Farrah Fawcett wig on, and like and like he's like got that like the, the silk shirt, and then we find out like she like accidentally pokes his eye out with like a gear shift. And it's, yeah, like, uh, I, guess, I guess I can see why he's a little bitter after after all these years. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, because they're making out, and she pulls away, and she's like, "I can't do this, Sonny." Um, and he's like, "What? Do you have those blisters on your lips again?" <laughs> um, but anyway, like, cause that, tries... that's definitely what the Nightmare on Elm Street movies lacked was was references to herpes. Oh, totally. <laughs> um, someone call Wes Craven. <laughs> um, but yeah, in in she str- he tries to kiss her. She struggles and she smashes his eyeball on the gear shift. Um, then Sunny, uh, we're cut to back to regular timeline. Um, he has spilled beer on the carpet, so he calls in his wife because he cannot do this on his own. <laughs> Um, and then he, sh- he like, finds a piece of paper on the ground, and then he tells his wife, like, come sit on my lap. Give us a kiss. And I'm like, sh- uh, this is gross. Yeah, yeah, their whole relationship was very gross. Yeah, it's a problem. Um, and basically, so Greta has been like, look, I'm going to Rio, so you can only stay one night. And Eugene, my husband? Oh, you can't meet him. He's already there. And uh, Sonny Wingshauser the next morning pulls out. He's like... Look, I called all the airlines. They've never even heard of Eugene. <laughs> like what? All the airlines? It's like also did Every he did she one? tell you did she tell you his last name? I don't remember I don't think she did. Yeah, and he's like there he yeah, he just called like some receptionist at United and was like, Do you know Eugene? She's like, No. <laughs> 
is he cheating there? Sorry, I never heard of him. <laughs> yeah. He's like, aha, caught red-handed. <laughs> um, yeah, he goes snooping around in the basement. He does find the bodies. One of them is completely wrapped in aluminum foil. Just completing the kind of just normal freezer-type things that you would encounter. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he is wearing the teeny tiniest sleeping shorts yeah that's they're upsetting they are upsetting and uh yet less upsetting than i mean more upsetting than the blackmail that he's trying to perpetrate because it, it it's it's a sight to behold <laughs> um yeah basically she's like i'll kill myself before i let you get any of my money and he's like actually could you because you know we'd inherit that um and this in, in this scene, because he's in her bedroom, you know, trying to make this happen. And in honor of the kill by kill ethos of looking at weird artwork in the background, um, on the wall in this scene is a it's like this big, terrible framed child's drawing of a cat with a skunk tail. Oh yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> it's really special, and I'm glad they paid homage to the most important element of the Elm Street franchise. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so basically, yeah, he's blackmailing and he's like, I was wondering if you still slept on that Terrell. And she's like seducing him into bed. And she's like, do I have to beg? Come into bed with me under this lacy sheet because we're straight people and we have to have sex under a sheet. Um, look, Gre- uh, uh, Gina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't mean to, you know, disparage all straight people um <laughs> but from all the evidence i've ever collected we, we're, we're just having sex under sheets right that's the only way it happens absolutely yeah that that's requirement okay good um although uh maybe maybe too much information for everybody but i did walk in on my roommate and his now wife having sex like six years ago and they were under a sheet so again all the evidence that i have is uh pointing in that direction we all have we all have insane puritanical streaks and that then that is why and that is why when you see uh, uh you know a movie the sheet it's it's the l where like it's like Ooh, yeah it's like uh it covers the the woman from like the you know just below the shoulders down and the man from just the waist down just that perfect sheet placement so you can tell they have no clothes on, but they don't want to show too much. Yeah, it's like, but men can show their nipples and women can't, even though it's food and men's nipples are useless. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so she she ends up shooting him with a gun that has the hugest barrel. <laughs> it is an <laughs> antique. Yeah, again, I keep thinking like how much this is like Looney Tunes. Like, it, it just looks like the Elmer Fudd would pull out. Oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it it is not helping the this episode not feel like a cartoon. Oh yeah, no. I mean, it, it's I I I feel in some way I feel it's unfair how much I disliked it because I, I I you know a lot of it's got to be intentional. It just it was just really exasperating too at the same time. Oh yeah, uh, I think the the line between intentional and unintentional on this show is very unclear at best. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, so her sister comes in. She's like, how could you do this to me? You killed my husband. Did you really think you could get away with murder? And it's just like, actually, yes, yeah, she got away with, like, four already. 
Um, and Greta's like, I'll give you half the money if you help me. And the sister's like, wow, you really killed four people? It must run in the family. I killed mom and dad. And then she she gets her whole uh, um, Timothy Oliphant at the end of Scream 2 moment. <laughs> <laughs> Where she gets to smile a lot and be psychotic. <laughs> um, she shoots Greta. Blood comes out of her mouth, as always happens the second you, you know, injure someone on any part of their body. Um, and then she goes, easy come, easy go, and dies. And the, and the, the witty Bon Mo, Freddy, Freddy Krueger says he has, that's all, folks. And I'm like, just the, 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 the noise that came out of me. I'm just like, Ugh. Yeah, it, they must have just recorded that one. They were like, look, if we forget to write a bumper... We're using this one, you know, in case of emergency, smash the glass, pull out this one. And this yeah, is the it, where they did it. This is the reserve of like half-assed quips. It's like, that doesn't even make any sense in context. There's no pun. There's no wordplay. Nothing. Just that's all, folks. Although maybe it's uh, it, it highlights how, how Looney Tunes this episode I mean, Maybe that is. was intentional. Maybe it was. I, I don't know. But, I mean, it, just, it, it it didn't maintain that all the way through, just certain moments. Yeah, it is it is always unclear what they're trying to accomplish with this show, but especially here. Um, but that's it, Gina. That's the end. Um, we so made it. We oh, feel, I, feel, I feel closer to you now. <laughs> Although, you know, relationships born from trauma never work out. <laughs> we'll, do, um, we'll, we'll make the best of it. Yeah, just listen to Sandra Bullock in Speed. Anyway, um, final thoughts. Uh, was this a dream? Was this a nightmare? Or did it put you to sleep, Dina? Uh, this was a nightmare. This this one was hard to get through. <laughs> I, I, I kind of liked what Tracy Walter was doing as, as Eugene. He You know, he had the funny little voice, and, and you kind of felt weirdly sympathetic towards him. And then, you know, I did find the whole... I, I do get a kick out of... You know, live action people do the whole like bleh, with the tongue sticking out. That that that's something that has always amused me. And but it's just so like I don't know. I I, I and I've talked about this a lot on Kill by Kill. The Nightmare on Elm Street movie started to lose me when Freddy started becoming a joke machine, and and I I really liked him better when he was just straight menacing. And not like throwing off little quips and and you know and jokes and being kind of lovable, Freddy, and 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 I feel like that's that's all this show is is it's this is silly, it's campy, and it's like well yeah it's silly, but I don't want to watch forty five minutes of silly. That's true. It it's it's very it's a thin show at best. Like it it always has these you know two stories separated out. Um, when both stories ha- still have enough material for like twenty-two minutes. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Oh um, yeah, these are these are stretched. Um, yeah, and, and it's a little grueling. And I, and I was I was such a big fan of of Tales from the Crypt, and and I mean I realized that that yeah you know, because they were on the show was on Fox, it was very very limited what they could get away with as far as like you know, violence and and not that I thought mm-hmm. it needed more more sex or anything, but but you know it, it was very limited in, in where it could go, but if it had gone for a little more actual horror instead of some weird soap opera comedy moral tale, 
you know, bad people are punished, you know, kind of thing. I, I, you know, it just, I don't know what they were trying to do with it. No, I wish I did. It is a mystery. Although I will say, look, with the caveat that my brain has been warped from doing this for so long, um, I think I'm going to give this episode a dream 100% only because of Wingshauser and an eye patch is it's such <laughs> well a okay choice. yeah that that yeah him and and uh and Eugene are are definitely the high points of of the of the episode yeah the the parts where it really does lean into being super weird I do appreciate yeah um but yeah I think I think that's gonna about do it Gina <laughs> um <laughs> uh where can everybody find you out there on the internet. I am the co-host of the Kill by Kill podcast. I, I also write uh, about television and movies at thespool.net. I have my own website at com, And you can find me on Twitter under Porcelain72, where I will, I will very much likely talk about this this uh, this, this uh, podcast. <laughs> oh, I, I, I hope you do, and I'm sure it will all be so very nice. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brands and Instagram at The Burning Clem. Um, our artwork was created by Henry Hall. If you'd like to support trans artists, and you should, you can send him a commission at henryhall.design. Our theme song is Living in a Dream by Pseudo Echo. Rate and review us wherever you get us. Next episode synopsis. Get a load of this, Gina. Um, during a camping trip, the men begin to wonder if their female tracker is a vampire. Ah. Meanwhile. <laughs> meanwhile. Two plane crash survivors who've been feasting on dead passengers are on the verge of rescue when an escaped killer intervenes. Oh man, I hope that they keep up the uh, the, the the Looney Tunes theme and have like the two plane crash victims like like look at each other and like one pictures the one turning into a hamburger and the other one pictures the other one turning into like a hot dog or something. Oh, that would be the only thing that would save the show. <laughs> I think is just truly leaning into that. Um, yeah. In, until next time with that episode, um, which is called prime cut uh sweet dreams everybody bye bye bye